Boom! All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a travel connoisseur and you want to figure out how you can maximize your travel budget using some points, you're going to want to pay attention to this episode. Let's get this one going. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus! You travel frequently for business or pleasure, and are you tired of not getting the most out of your travel rewards? If you're someone who wants to save big on travel expenses while unlocking VIP perks, this episode is for you. Today, we have a special guest who's an expert in travel rewards, a master strategist in credit card optimization, and a pro in upgrading your travel lifestyle. With his unique approach, he's helped his clients get 500% plus value on their travel points and upgrade their everyday travel. Now, let's welcome to the show the travel rewards guru, Mr. Eli Facenda. Let's get that party started. Eli, thanks for coming to the show, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me here. Excited to dive in and talk travel and really share some probably unique strategies on ways that people can upgrade their travel, get more travel, and really unlock dream travel experiences that they probably always wanted to take. So excited to dive in. Let's do it, man. What inspired you to get started in the travel industry in the first place? I feel like everybody has this cool story that got them to where they are today. What's yours? Yeah, it's really funny. Well, actually, I'm wearing the shirt right now at Lehigh University. That was not planned, but uh, I went to Lehigh University. It's a school outside of uh, basically between New York and Philly and Pennsylvania area. Um, But I got the opportunity to study abroad. And I went to Barcelona for a semester and I really got hooked on the travel blog while I was over there. We were traveling to different you know, cities every weekend, pretty much exploring all these amazing cultures and just having a blast. And I remember coming back from that trip being like, I have to go travel more. And uh, you know, one thing led to the next, uh, and that was my senior fall in college where I got the opportunity to be the first employee at this international sports travel company where we take sports teams all over the world. So Dove in, got in the travel industry, basically right out of school. I was supposed to go do the traditional, you know, kind of financial route, go to like Wall Street or do something in the in the financial world. And I didn't end up doing that. Started out building out this business and uh, have been growing that for the last eight years where I still part on it and then learned this whole strategy and really skill set of credit card points and, you know, figuring out frequent flyer programs and all that stuff through that business and then got to apply it for myself as well. All right, man, we're rookies when it comes to this stuff, right? I I have a Southwest Airlines credit card that I signed up for, used a bunch of points to take some free trips to like Vegas and stuff. It was pretty awesome. Um, I always see when I go to the airport, different perks that are there, whether it's you get to go through security really quickly or special lounges that are out and about, but I don't really know how to do that sort of stuff. So if I'm a rookie getting into this space, what are some of the common mistakes that you see business owners or just people who are traveling in general so that, that that they're making that are just not allowing them to really maximize their travel rewards. So the first big thing to think about is making sure that you're earning the right points. So for example, let's say you have the option to get a chase card that earns Southwest points or a chase card that earns chase points. 
Well, if you have a card that earns Southwest points like you do, you can only fly on Southwest with those miles, right? So you're going to spend, you're going to earn the miles, and you can only use them for Southwest flights. Well, if you have a card that earns Chase points instead, and there's really four major banks that do this, which is called what we call transferable bank points, where you can take points from a bank program and convert them into an airline. Uh, and those banks are going to be Amex, Chase, City, and Capital One. But when you have those, you could actually convert your Chase points into Southwest when you want to fly Southwest or a whole list of other airlines to allow you to fly really anywhere in the world. You can also do this for different hotel programs. So one of the big mistakes that I see is that people are earning the wrong points to start. So in your example, I would actually uh, urge you to switch away from your Southwest card and get a card that earns chase points instead so that when you want to fly Southwest, great. You just convert the points at a one-to-one -one ratio and you're good to go. Or if you need to fly United, you can convert them there. If you need to fly um, on uh, Air Canada, you could convert them there. If you need to fly on British Airways, you're good there. Or you could even use them to stay at like Hyatt Hotels or Marriott Hotels. So it gives you a lot more options and unlocks the ability to get a lot better value out of the points as well, which I can explain in a little bit as well. What about when we sign up? So when we're signing up for some of these cars, a lot of them have like these extra bonuses or different types of promos that are 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 giving us that incentive to go with them. So you talked about the four cars, MX, Chase, City, and Capital One. So when we apply for those cars, they have a variety of different cars there. What should we be looking for? Yeah, it's a great question. So what you want to look for when you're getting a new card is going to be number one. Again, the type of points that you're going to earn is the first piece. Number two is going to be what is that sign-up bonus promotion? And are you going to hit the minimum spend requirement in a short enough period of time to get that bonus? Now, some of them are going to be really easy. For example, the American Airlines Aviator Red Card will get you 50,000 points on your first purchase. So you get the card. You go, you have to pay the annual fee. I think it's $95 and you can go to 7-Eleven and buy a pack of gum and get enough points to go fly to Europe round trip in economy or one way in business class. And that could sometimes be a four five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 ticket that you got from literally going to 7-Eleven and buying a pack of gum, right? So you want to look for how easy is it for me to hit the minimum spend requirement and how many points am I going to get? And then the second thing you want to do is you want to start to look for cards that are going to maximize your everyday purchases. So for example, you probably spend a lot on dining and groceries like most people do. So you want to get a card that's going to earn you a higher amount of points for every dollar that you spend. For example, the American Express Gold card will get you four points for every dollar that you spend on those purchases, whereas most cards like the Amex Platinum will get you only one point. So that's a big difference maker too, because that will add up over time. So really what you want to be thinking about is which cards get the highest amount of bonus points how easy is it for me to get those? And then which of those cards are also going to be the best earners for my everyday expenses as well? How do you help your clients like analyze their spending to determine how many points they're like leaving on the table? So you said like the American, the American Express gold card is better for points on a one to four ratio. But I know that a lot of these cards are like, well, if you go restaurant dining, it's this many points. If you buy on this, you know, if you buy uh, Costco, it's this many points. If you buy this type of product, it's this many points. Do they vary like that? Or how can we kind of look at our day-to-day -day spending and then use the right card for that sort of purchase? It's a great question. And it's an important one too, because if you think about it, you're going to be spending on a credit card almost every day, probably, right? And you're probably going to continue to travel. So it makes sense to be like, how much am I leaving on the table here? And so for us, we have a couple of different tools. We actually have a uh, travel savings calculator that we walk our clients through where we literally input the amount that we're spending, the different types of things we're purchasing on, how many points we currently have. And we quantify exactly how much most people are on average going to be leaving on the table based on 
what we see the average person is able to get out of their points and how much we're able to help with. So that's kind of what we do. But ultimately, you do kind of want to just go comb through and match up the best possible cards with your type of expenses. And there's different ways to do that. There's different tools and calculators and even apps. So a good app for that might be one called Card Pointers, which will help you optimize based on your type of purchases, what's going to be best. There's also another app called Award Wallet, and they have a tool called the uh, Reverse Merchant Lookup. So if you have something where you're spending a lot, like Chipotle, for example, you type that in and it will show you all the best cards for consistent purchases at Chipotle. So you want to do that and really figure out what are the best cards for you while keeping it simple? You know, I actually have 42 different credit cards. I've got a whole system set up where I have auto pay on all of them and I have all of them really merged to be roughly the same uh, payment due date so I can log in once a month and see everything. But for most people, if you want to keep it more simple, you really just want to find the top few cards that are going to get you the highest return on your general types of purchases rather than trying to be perfect with everything. So that's where you'd want to start. And then you can dive in a little bit deeper if you want to really uh, maximize your business expenses as well, because that is really going to be the highest generator for most people. Because as their business grows, they spend more. And as they spend more, they can earn more points. So that's an area that you ultimately want to spend uh, probably more time focusing on even than your personal expenses. 42 cards, bro. That's a lot of credit cards. I feel like you're, it's like a full-time thing, right? I mean, at least that's what it sounds like. Can you walk me through what your process would be like if you're building a custom card strategy for one of your clients? Because 42 cards seems overwhelming for the average consumer. Yeah. So first off, I don't recommend everyone having 42 cards, but the second piece of this is it's actually not, I really do this in about 30 minutes a month. So generally speaking for me, right, here's what I do. Every card I get, I set up auto pay. So I never have a late payment. Then I change the payment due date to be, again, lined up so that it's the same time every month. So all I'm doing is I'm logging in once a month to check all the cards. And I really only use about three to four cards on an everyday basis. A lot of these cards, I either had a promotion that I hit or it has some specific benefit to me, or it was a card that I was doing 0% interest business credit funding with that I was using to help scale the business because that's a really uh, lucrative piece of the credit game is actually getting access to high limit 0% interest cards. So you can take the credit lines on those cards, invest them into your business and help you scale faster. So I've done a lot of these things and I've been doing this for years too. So I have some stacked up and ultimately a lot of people may be wondering like, why wouldn't you just cancel these cards? Like what's the, what's the deal there? Well, you actually for personal cards, because those are going to show up in your personal credit report, you're better off keeping these credit lines open with the bank. So instead of canceling, you want to look to downgrade to the no fee version of that card. And what that will do is allow you to keep the credit line open and it'll keep the payment history building with that bank so that uh, really when you, you know another bank pulls your credit report, they see a really ro uh, robust credit history. So that's going to be super important for you there on that side. Um, and when we work with a client, what we're doing is we're, going, we're looking at their year-end spend summaries and figuring out what are the uh, specific areas that they spend the most on, how much are they spending, how much are they traveling, you know, how are they typically booking travel now, what airline hub are they near, what hotels do they typically stay at, or are they doing Airbnbs? Because everything really is going to be custom. For example, you live in San Diego the airlines that you're frequently going to be flying are slightly different than someone that lives in Seattle, who's probably flying Delta and Alaska a lot, right? So you have different, um, different types of airlines and ways that you're going to want to optimize based on all those different factors. So we're analyzing all of those things to then create the optimal formula for them. That's really going to do a couple of main things. Number one is going to get the highest possible return for every dollar spent. So if you were to compare this to a cash back card where maybe you'd get 2%, right? If you spent $100,000, you're getting $2,000 back. Pretty simple. Well, with the strategies that we're using, we're getting usually anywhere around six to seven, eight percent back. So the same spend, you spend one hundred thousand dollars, you just got seven or eight thousand dollars back every hundred K that you spend. OK, so that's the first piece. And then ultimately, it's also about upgrading your everyday travel and unlocking your kind of dream bucket list trips with the points that you have. So we help with that side, too. 
but that's all predicated on having the right card set up and putting the right purchases on the right cards. So when you were talking about jumping from like a 2% uh, point coming back to like a 6%, uh, that difference is because of how we're applying the spending, where we're putting that spending on those particular cards. So overall on the point return, it's, it's better. Did I hear that correctly? You got it. So think of it like this, right? So if you earned 2% back, right, you get a flat 2% no matter what. Simple, easy, done. Well, if you had a car that earned two points per dollar, but then with the right strategies, you can take each of those points and make them, you know, add, or use them at a value that might be four cents or five cents, right? So now you're getting two points per dollar time times five cents per point, you're getting 10% back, mm. right? So it really comes down to, can you get good value out of these points? Because there's different ways to use points, which unlocks all the opportunity to get more value. So if you're going through like the Chase Travel Portal or Amex Travel Portal, you're gonna, you're gonna get a fixed value on the points that you have. Okay, so they're gonna assign you a value of one cent per point. So in, in that case, if that's all you know how to do, then really getting a card that earns two points per dollar is pretty much the same thing as getting a 2% cash back card because you're only getting one cent per point and you're getting two points per dollar. Okay, but if you can do um, some more uh, highly leveraged ways of using your points, what we call kind of points arbit arbitrage, which is ultimately transferring your points from the banks into the airlines, you can actually get two, three, four, sometimes up to 10, 15, 20x the value. And so that's where you unlock uh, the higher returns compared to just going to the travel portal or using a cashback card. All right. The best way is always to tell a story, right? Because sometimes I know I, I teach math high school part time, right? And so when, when you're trying to explain things in math terms, people get lost. But when you tell them a story, they tend to figure that one out, no problem. So walk me through this, this scenario. Give me an example of how you use points or with a client uh, and what kind of vacations or trips they were able to pull on those types of things to kind of like show that example when, you, when you're trading these points into the airlines, how that changes versus exchanging the points through the bank portal. Sure. I'll give an example that I did actually last year on this exact day. So on my Instagram, I literally just reshared uh, the story of this and I got to shower at 35,000 feet on Emirates first class. Uh, they have the best first class experience, in my opinion, hands down. You get uh, just an unlimited, amazing menu. They've got like truffle mac and cheese. They've got uh, tuna tartare, caviar, Dom Perignon. Like they have a bar on the flight. They've got a shower. It's a whole crazy experience. And so uh, what this one would have cost in retail, right? I flew from JFK, so that's in New York, to Dubai. Now, Emirates first class from that route is typically going to cost around $14,500 one way per person in first class, which is really expensive. I would never want to pay that. But with the right strategies, when you're converting these points, it's only going to cost you 136,000 points and $500 because they charge taxes and fees. So really you have three options if you were going to book this. Number one, pay cash, $14,500. Option two is go to Amex Travel or Chase Travel where they give you a fixed value on your points and it would cost you around 1.45 million points, which is a lot. That's going to cost more than what most people have in their total points balances. Or option three, do what I did, which was convert my points from American Express into Emirates Skyward Miles. And I only paid 136,000 miles and then the $500 in taxes. So I got the same flight for one-tenth of the amount of points that most people would be paying. And then I didn't have to pay cash really at all, except for those taxes and fees. So that's an example for flights. Another example, I went to um, New York City right around Christmas. My girlfriend, we had a blast. We were just enjoying the Christmas, Christmas atmosphere in, uh, in New York City. And we were able to stay at the Park Hyatt, which is a beautiful five-star hotel. And I booked into a standard category room. And then I used points for that. So I didn't pay anything. And I used about 30,000 points for this. And then I got upgraded to a room that cost $30,000 per night. It was a presidential suite. 
It's, you know, it was on a Saturday night around Christmas, but I upgraded to this 2,300 square foot, essentially apartment. It had multiple bedrooms. It was so like incredible, like super lavish and amazing views of New York city. Now that again, is going to be 30 K per night. And I didn't have to pay a dime out of pocket for that. So that's a pretty unique example. That doesn't happen all the time, but that's what becomes possible when you use points effectively. And particularly if you combine using points and then also have top status at different airlines or hotels, which you can get simply by spending on the right cards. You don't even have to travel for a lot of these brands to give you their top status benefits, which is really, really cool. So when you're when you're rolling them into the points the for those particular airlines, not only do you benefit from the point status, but you're also benefiting from when you're traveling. Because I'm assuming those points for a particular flight may be less when you're traveling during the week, during off-peak periods, where you can really capitalize on some of these major things like the hotel rooms or like the flights. Uh, and, and it's because you've transferred the points from the credit card to that particular thing. And then they have their own variation, their their own diverse spending platform based on whatever the day is. And, and that's how you're kind of capitalizing even more so on those points, right? Yeah. So there's all sorts of kind of layers to this, but you're absolutely right. There's peak pricing and off peak pricing, just like you might see if you're going to pay for cash, right? There's going to be certain dates, obviously weekends, holidays, stuff like that. Summer travel, there's less options and it's typically more expensive than you know, if you're flying on a Tuesday in the middle of February and you're going to Europe. So with that, that does help. But ultimately, what you want to be able to do is you want to know how to search to find the best deals and also kind of know when you want to be searching. So with flights, for example, the best time if you're going to do like a big vacation and you want to save these points for a big trip, which is what I often recommend if someone doesn't have a lot of points, like if you don't have multiple five figures per month of spending, then you should probably try to save your points for a bigger trip because that's where you're going to get the best bang for your buck. So if that's the case, ideally, you want to look pretty far in advance, like 10 to 11 months out, because that's right when the airlines release their routes for the next year. And so when you do that, there's more space available to book on points. So you got better deals there. And then actually one of the best times as well is going to be last minute. And this is because for the airlines, they obviously, you know, they want to receive cash for their, for their uh, business and first class seats. But if it's like three days before and they haven't received a cash payment for it, no one's bought it, then they might release it for points, which is going to be a really, really good deal because typically the price at that point would be really high. But then if you can get it with a points deal, you get better value out of the points that you have. So those are the two best windows, but this does apply really any date, any kind of route or uh, or day of the week that you might be flying. It's just going to really be based on supply and demand and how many seats are available on the plane. So that's a little bit more of the kind of nuances to it. But to your point, having the right searching strategies as a whole is very, very helpful because that's the difference between a lot of people just taking a quick search and being like, I couldn't find anything or a one-way in economy was like 400,000 points to Europe. What happened? Well, if you don't know how to search out of the right airports, the right airlines or the right dates and times and using the right sites, it can look like that. But oftentimes there's actual hidden gems that you're just not aware of because you don't know where to look. Yeah, that that's definitely the problem here is you just don't know where to look. What are, okay, so some of the, the biggest perks that we talked about, obviously flight and hotels. Those are those are big, awesome perks that you get with a lot of uh, the points that you can use in a, with a, with credit cards. But what are some of these other perks or benefits that people might not be aware of when it comes to their travel rewards that they can unlock um, that, again, they just don't know what they don't know? Yeah, there's a lot, right? So there's a lot of small things that can improve your travel experience and then some that can be pretty massive. So a few things, right? TSA pre-check and clear. So when you're going through the airport, you shouldn't be waiting in any lines. If you have both, you'll actually get the fastest access through. So I definitely recommend that. The Amex Platinum, for example, will cover the uh, the clear credit. And then there's many cards that will cover the TSA pre-check and global entry credit. So that's one. Uh, having different lounges, right? So there's 
uh, all sorts of different lounge networks. There's the Priority Pass Lounge Network, which comes as a perk on a lot of premium credit cards. And this is going to get you into 1,300 plus uh, airport lounges worldwide. So most airports, most major airports, if you have Priority Pass, it doesn't matter which airline you're flying, we'll have a lounge for you to go hang out in. So you can get you know, free food and drink and hang out, meet some other cool people and just have a good spot to work or chill before your flight. So that's going to be uh, Priority Pass. And then you've got things like the Centurion Lounge Network, which is going to be with American Express. You've got all sorts of co-branded airline lounges. So certain cards will get you into like Delta lounges or American lounges and stuff like that. Um, the Amex Platinum cards will get you into Delta lounges when you're flying Delta. So based out of San Diego, you probably have a decent amount of Delta flights, for example. So that can be a good one for you. Um, so you've got the airline perks. You've got free baggage that should basically be on every flight. You shouldn't really be paying for bags if you do this right. Uh, free upgrades to first class, depending on your status. And that can be generated through the right cards. Um, and then one of the biggest ones is ultimately going to be getting upgrades at hotels to really awesome suites too. So for example, the Hilton uh, Aspire card is the only credit card for any airline or hotel program that will get you the top status right away. So right when you get this card, you get top status with Hilton, which is diamond status. And that means you're going to get upgrades to awesome suites. You get free breakfast, you get free Wi-Fi, early check-in, late checkout, VIP treatment, better points earnings when you travel, all sorts of really cool stuff. And that's simply from holding the card, right? So most programs are going to require either a certain amount of spend and or a certain amount of travel. But with Hilton, you can actually just get you know top status right away. So what if someone's trying to get started in this space and they're new to the whole travel rewards industry, like how do they get a hold of some of these higher end cards? What's that process like to get started? Yeah, so it's a great question because a lot of these cards seem like big fancy premium cards, but they're actually not that difficult to get in terms of your credit score. For example, the Amex Platinum and Amex Gold cards are actually two of the best credit cards out there to get for rewards earnings and lifestyle perks. But here's the thing, because they're technically charge cards, not credit cards, which means you have to pay your statement in full. It means it's slightly less risky to the bank because you have to pay it in full each month. So they take on less risk, which means it's actually easier to get because your credit score doesn't have to be as high to get that. So even if you have like a 680, you're pretty much going to get approved for those unless you have like late payments and stuff like that on your credit report. But I would try to find what are the highest earning cards for signup bonuses and everyday spending based on those four points that we covered earlier, Chase City, American Express and Capital One and figure out, do your research, whether you're talking to someone like myself and trying to dive in and, and get some support, or you're going to a website and just reading about it. But you can see generally the, the credit score requirement to go apply for a card and get approved. And that would be how you'd want to do it. Now, the next step is going to be making sure that you do things in the right order because different banks have different rules for applications. So Chase, for example, tends to have a rule called the 524 rule, which says if you've gotten five or more personal cards in the last 24 months, you can't get a card with Chase. And it doesn't matter if you have a relationship with them, if you spend a lot of money or not, they're pretty firm about that. So when it comes to ordering the sequence of applications, that's another piece that you want to consider as well is how am I going about this application process as a whole to get the best possible results? So that's what I would start with. Number one, kind of getting some understanding of how the, the credit game works from credit score standpoint, as well as kind of the, the bank rules here. And then number two, mapping out which cards are going to be best for you and then creating what we call an application sequence to figure out which cards you want to get in what order and how you want to space those out. How do you stay up to date with so many different changes, so many different cards, points, programs, all that stuff? How do you stay up to date with that sort of thing? So for us personally, I mean, we're just pretty tapped into this. You know, this is our industry, our business. So we're just paying attention to what's going on. But once you learn the fundamentals, like the changes aren't that crazy because uh, there's a couple things every month or so, but they're, they're pretty small for the most part. So there's not a lot that's crazy. Now, if you're newer to it and you don't have a solid foundation, it can seem like a lot of moving parts. So for that, you either just want to follow the right blogs. There's stuff like one mile at a time, upgraded points, frequent miler, the points guy, stuff like that, that will help. 
or social media accounts like mine where we're sharing kind of cool updates or you just have a team that you go to and they know what to do and you don't have to think about it. It's kind of like uh, you know, an accountant with the tax code, right? You don't really need to keep up with these certain loopholes because you have an accountant there and you just say, hey, does this apply for me? Does this not apply for me? What's the deal here? And they'll, they'll know how to make it work for you. Same idea if you have someone that's helping you out. So that would be uh, my suggestion on that standpoint. But ultimately, yeah, just keeping up with the news a little bit is important. But for most people, you don't need to know the entire travel hacking game and every nuance and tactic because there are a lot out there, right? And I don't even have, I haven't even used every trick in the book, so to speak, because it's not necessarily applicable for me. So what's more important is knowing based on where you live, the kind of travel that you like to do, what are the four or five key things that are going to be most applicable to you for the majority of the time? And really that's how you keep the 80-20 rule in place where you're not going to learn a bunch of random stuff and go down like rabbit holes of things that are not important for you. Because ultimately, especially if you're a business owner, your headspace is super important here. So it's like, how do you put the minimal effort in to get the maximum return? Unless you just like it for the fun of the game, which is totally fine too. But uh, most people just want the results, right? So that's why I either suggest just sticking to your main things and paying attention to those only. Or if you want to work with a team, then you can get some support and you don't really have to worry about any of it because they'll just tell you exactly what to do and when you need to do it. I just want you to get me on a beach, man, with a drink in my hand, chilling, maybe by the pool or something like that. I don't want to have to think about all this stuff. So tell me, like, you got me interested. I'm like, okay, look, this is definitely a possibility. I could probably do another vacation or two per year if I really use my credit cards correctly, but I need some help. So if people want to reach out, what's that process like and how do they reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say at least two per year minimum for anyone. I mean, Honestly, when I started, I was spending around $1,000, $2,000 a month, and I was getting like three to four trips a year out of that. So there's uh, there's no reason that everyone listening to this shouldn't be able to get at least a couple trips minimum per year. And if you're spending a decent amount, you know, we're talking 15, 20K plus per month, uh, easy to get 30, 40, 50, sometimes up to 100, 150K per year. Uh, some of the folks we're, we're working with, you know, they're spending quite a bit, some of them, you know, 40, 50K a month, but they're able to get like $100,000 of travel a year. And that's several vacations for them or even even for their team members too. So you want to factor in like who else could this be beneficial for? Uh, it doesn't just have to be high-end luxury stuff. It could be, you know, a weekend trip down to Disney with the kids. Like it's up to you. So um, for, for our standpoint, the best way to get in touch, there's really two main ways. Number one would be on Instagram. So it's just Eli Travel Guy there. And you can reach out and ask any questions. But if you want a free mini course, you can just DM the word mini, M-I-N-I, and we'll waive the, uh, the $49 fee. We'll just send it to you there and uh, you can get direct access for that. Or if you're a business owner who's spending a decent amount in traveling, you can reach out and schedule a free consult call. And on that, we'll walk through uh, some of these things that we talked about in the audit, where we're going to look at, hey, where are you leaving money on the table? Like, what's possible if you do this right? What are the kind of dream travel experiences that you want? And what are some tips and strategies to be able to get more bang for your buck out of the spending you're doing and the, and the travel that you want? And we'll consult you on uh, on some of that stuff. So that's going to be just on the website at freedomtravelsystems.com. And that'll be the, the other best place to find us. And what does a service like this cost? If, I'm, if I want to have somebody help me kind of manage this stuff and like, is this going to like break the bank or are we paying in points? How does this work? <laughs> yeah, we don't do paying points. I actually have done that before and it kind of got me in trouble. Um, in the past, we, I was doing like a trade with a friend and there's a whole story there. He wasn't actually paying me, but he was just, we're doing a barter for something and then it ended up being kind of a, a whole fiasco. So we don't do that. Uh, but it really comes out to like anything else. Like, there's a cost to everything, but it's really not about the cost. It's about what the return is going to be. So we only work with people that we can save on average five to 10 X what they invest with us in the first several months. So you want to compare that to other potential investments you might make and make that decision if you're considering it. But for us, we're looking at uh, our, our services and programs and courses range anywhere from, you know, as low as like 750 all the way up to 10 K. 
And so it really just depends on where the person's at and how they want to be supported. Do they want to learn and get some coaching? Do they need consulting or do they need more done for you services? So we really cover the whole gamut uh, depending on where the person is. Again, spend frequency, how much time they have, their interest in learning, as well as how they're currently booking travel. Uh, some people have their assistant get into our services and program. We work with the assistant rather than the business owner themselves. And that's cool too. So it really just depends on uh, on where you're at, but it can be a whole range uh, based on your needs. That's really cool that you, I mean, spending you know $1,000 a month in your credit card payment and then being able to use the points to really go on vacation a couple times a year. That's huge. I think people have personal expenses that they can do at $1,000 a month easily. I mean, just groceries alone in my household is almost a thousand dollars a month and nowadays especially with inflation so people have that opportunity if you can roll it into your business that's even more travel that you can have uh, throughout your leisure now you're gonna start wondering do i even have enough vacation days to take this sort of stuff or do do these sort of things what's your what's been your favorite uh trip that you've been able to do you you told us about the first class told us about the upgrade anything in particular that you found like super cool that you were able to to take advantage of with points yeah, I mean, the Emirates one was really cool. Um, but another one that I did last year was really amazing. It was called uh, Singapore Suites. So this is first class on Singapore Airlines. And you get up there and it's like a double decker. So you go up the stairs. They just have the best service ever. It's basically like one flight attendant per uh, per traveler. And then they've got like a bed that comes out of the wall. It's like a, like a literal separate bed. So you get like an entire, like you have a whole kind of comfy chair and like two TVs and this entire room. It's like fully enclosed. And then they have a bed that comes out of the wall. And that was, that was such a cool experience just to be able to like literally get like a full night's sleep on the plane. Um, so that was one of my favorites But ultimately, honestly, and this is probably relevant for everybody, like the experience, obviously, you know, getting a bed like that's a really cool experience and it's fun and it's like, wow, how cool. But what's more important is traveling with people that you care about, having awesome friends and family, loved ones, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I would say like recently I just took a big trip over to France. I brought 40 entrepreneurs out. We had a week skiing in the Alps. We had some kind of uh, mentors and coaches speak about different topics. And to me, you know, that was, we actually had 24 people fly Emirates business class <clears throat> with the bar on board. So we kind of took over the business class bar. But for me, you know, was that the nicest experience I've ever had for travel? No, it was still pretty freaking awesome. Don't get me wrong. But the the more important piece was I got to do it with people that I care about, people that I mm-hmm. love, like, and have a lot of fun. And that that's way better than anything else. So I'd rather travel, you know, economy with four really good friends and have an incredible time than travel, you know, well, solo travel can be fun for its own rights, but travel alone and like have a really cool seat. You know, it's really about the connection and the memories that are built. And so I, uh, I always definitely recommend that piece too of sharing the experiences with those you love, because that's just what creates the awesome memories that we all look back on. So. Well said, my friend, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, that's what it comes down to. Look, it's your money. You get to choose how you spend it. We're just trying to show you a different way to go about it so you can capitalize and stretch that dollar further. I mean, Look, inflation is going to be eating you up. Might as well fight back. If you're going to have to spend the money, might as well get the points in the process and use that for a vacation. So when there's bad times in inflationary periods, you get to benefit from all the perks. And Eli is telling us just how. Hopefully you guys benefited from this episode. Make sure you guys go to his website. Scrolling across the bottom, it's freedomtravelsystem.com. You can find him on social at Eli Travel Guy. Pretty easy to remember. And start taking advantage of those points, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, they're yours. Stop leaving them on the table and start enjoying them in your life. Eli, I got one more question for you, man. Um, we're big on video testimonials. You just spent... A whole 30 minutes creating a long form piece of content that we're going to break up and turn into short clips for social media. What was your experience like creating content with the business bros? 
Business Bros have been awesome. You ask great, really great questions and really tee things up in a way where it allows me to share different concepts that would typically be a little harder to illuminate in a very short and, uh, and simple way. So highly recommend and uh, yeah, really appreciate you guys having me on and giving the opportunity to share what we have with a new audience and also just ask great questions that elicit uh, really good answers. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on here. Appreciate you, my brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, one more time, freedomtravelsystems.com, freedomtravelsystems.com, or you can follow him on social at Eli Travel Guy. Eli, thank you very much for being on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, go get your points. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started.